0: XNO. Iowa State's Bill Fennelly notched career win number 750 with a Cyclones win over Texas last night. He's the 27th women's college hoops coach to reach that milestone. The Iowa women back in action tomorrow night. The 7th ranked Hawkeyes will visit Wisconsin. The Colts have hired former Eagles offensive coordinator Shane Steichen as their new head coach. Eagles defensive coordinator Jonathan Gannon is meeting with the Cardinals about their head coaching job today. I'm Doug Thompson. For the win. From the Jethro's Barbecue Studios. Where every Tuesday get two for one on the best wings in town. Score! This is Des Moines Sports Station. 106.3 KXNO.
1: Hour number two. Welcome back. Little are in Condon, Des Moines Sports Station. 106.3 KXNO. Bottom of the hour, thereabouts. Matt Poston's Heartland College Sports on the Big 12. Trent's Play of the Day Circus Sports sponsors uh, before we get out of here at 1 o'clock. Right now, it's time for Adam Emenecker. Doco Pizza sponsors our friend Adam Emmenecker. They're serving authentic New York-style pizza featuring delicious dough made in-house every single day and freshly shredded mozzarella cheese. Check them out, 24th and University in the heart of the Drake neighborhood. And Adam Emenecker, who will be at the McLeod Center tomorrow night for the Panthers and drake he joins us hello adam trenton ken how are you
2: good afternoon guys i'm doing great how are you
1: doing well i uh, didn't see you at the nap i wasn't there but i saw the uh, when they came back to halftime i guess it was alumni day josh young was there looked like corver was on the floor i'm not sure if those were the only two uh, guys you played without 07 08 team or not but uh, apparently that was josh young's first trip back in a while
2: yeah well that that's what happens when you're a super right. successful basketball player and you go gallivanting yeah. overseas and you know you get you get all these good life experiences he he's just not available generally <laughs> during the winter so good to have good to have him back in Des Moines and you know Boy, that, that that Drake team put on quite a show.
1: Yeah, indeed they did. I guess the question where I want to start with you, we'll get to the game, is what happened at the end or toward the end of the game with Tucker, like four minutes left or something, uh, went down, hit his elbow on the floor, banged it hard, left, uh, left the game, went into the locker room, came out with an ice bag all taped to the elbow. That's the bad elbow, apparently. Uh, what what yep. can you tell us, if anything, Adam, as to, as, as to how he's doing?
2: Yeah, nothing, nothing specific, but you know, I, I think part of what we've seen over the last month or so, right? I mean, it's been a, it's been a concern, obviously, of, of Tucker and the team and the coaching staff and of of Drake fans everywhere. Uh, but part of why we didn't see him go back in the game is because Drake was playing so well, right? And so right. to have Tucker DeVries only play eighteen minutes and, and take a team that was tied for first place and not really need him in that game was really helpful. I expect to see Tucker back on the floor tomorrow night. No other inside information other than uh, you know he's a a tough kid. He does what he can to get on the floor, and I expect him to see him in Cedar Falls.
3: Roman Penn has taken his game to a completely different level, and we've seen him do this at times throughout his career, but he's just playing at such a high level. The basketball IQ that he plays with, the ability to get everybody in the right spot, seemingly every time down the floor. What is it? Is it maybe health finally completely being turned around for him? Is it knowing that, yes, there is finally, after six years of college basketball, there is a light at the end of the tunnel? Why has Roman Penn gone to yet another level here late this season?
2: I mean, I I think it's exactly what you just mentioned, Trent. It's a couple of different things, right? You know that you only have so many games left. And so as a senior, that really starts to sink in around this time of year. And the other thing is, Roman Penn has had a number of challenges with his feet. Over the last couple of years, and so now, after not really having much of an off season he's really you can tell he's in better shape, and just his his game management has been absolutely phenomenal He's seven straight games over double figures, his assist numbers have been up over the last week he's the he's the n b c player of the week this week after averaging shoot eighteen points uh doing a really good job moving the basketball excuse me nineteen and a half points five rebounds, five assists and so You know, I I think what you see with Roman, it's always been there, right? And we always see it in spurts but he 's really put it all together, and he 's putting his team on his shoulders on both ends, doing a great job, facilitating yeah. scoring when he needs to, and just making big time plays
1: yeah, and reminded everybody in the post game interview that it 's not just it 's got a pretty good team surrounding, which you love to see out of yeah. teammates right uh, uh, pointing out the other guys on the floor too, and one of those other guys and he 's hard to miss he 's six foot ten, <laughs> but brody, you know what brody 's one of those guys too, I think adam that 's really. Because uh, he sometimes has some quiet nights, right? Free throws, our foul trouble rather gets him in, um, you know, on the bench and his minutes curtailed a little bit. I thought Brody's had a real nice last couple of weeks.
2: He has, and and so for Darnell Brody, the key really is is he doing the little things? Because when he does the little things, the points the points come. And so if if you look at his rebound numbers, two things I think are big keys for him: if he's playing a lot of minutes. That's a good indicator that he's active on defense, understanding the assignments, closing out, staying in, in the right position. And then the second thing is rebounds. So for Darnell Brody, when you look at a box score, if you want to know how well he played, look at his minutes and look at his rebounds. And when he's really active on both ends, you mentioned it, Ken, he's a force. He's six foot ten, two hundred eighty 280 pounds. When he puts his mind to something, The only person that can stop him is him or the official if he's running through somebody, right? So so Darnell Brody, his play in the middle, his ability to rebound, his ability to defend the rim are so big for this team. And when he gets those opportunities to chip in 15, 17, 18 points, which he's very, very capable of, that's a huge, huge plus for Coach Darren DeBreeze and the staff.
3: Very much looks like we're trending towards a matchup with Bradley to conclude the season. With a conference crown on the line, but starts with the big one on Wednesday—the rematch against you and I. Such an epic game at the NAP Center. Now you go to the McLeod Center for this one, payback, revenge—those kind of things. They're things that guys like Ken and I bring up from time to time, especially basketball. You know, with the double plays for a basketball, a college basketball player. How much of a motivating factor is that? The
1: game one, you mean result? Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I mean, it, it is definitely, especially an in-state rivalry. Right. Yeah. You, there, yeah. There's plenty of, there, and there was a little bit of chippiness, mm-hmm. and not like, you know, chippiness in that we're trying to hurt each other kind of thing, but there was a little chippiness, and you could tell it was really competitive. And we talked about the game before. I won't I won't go into all of it. But both teams have went down different paths mm-hmm. since that game. So you look at, we talked about how great Bowen Bourne was, right? 30 points uh, was all over the place, two buzzer beaters in that game. Since then, 11 Nine and five, Jeez. and if if you look at Northern Iowa, and they're, they're now losers of five in a row, and a couple of those games against Indiana State lost by eighteen, and they were down pretty much eighteen at halftime. That game was over at half. Evansville, Evansville's first win mm-hmm. in the league, sitting at one and fifteen. Now you and I losing at Evansville. So the the Northern Iowa offense has had a hard time getting back on track after that Drake loss, and Drake on the other side of it a league-leading seven-game winning streak, blowing out Southern Illinois, blowing out at Missouri State, even though they followed with that double overtime win at Valpo. And so I think you have two teams trending in the opposite direction, but no doubt this is not going to be, in my mind, I don't see this as a 15- to 20-point game. This is going to be a hard-fought 10-point victory for either way at max. I expect this one to come down to the last few minutes.
1: You know the the Southern game. You knew that the Salukis would uh, come out of the locker room and because they were embarrassed in the first half. I mean that that lead yeah. got close to thirty points, I think, at one point. Adam, uh, it was trending that way, and it was a big margin, of twenty something uh, going into the half. You knew that they would come uh, out. So what do you what do you think? De, how did uh, what what did Devries do at halftime? I guess to just remind his team. I'm sure they've been in spots like that. Maybe not down that badly, but they needed to come out and they did. Southern was was active. Uh, and cut into that lead late. What did DeVries do, do you think, at halftime? Just remind him that this thing's got another 20 minutes to go?
2: Yeah, and I think it's really just trying to create the sense of urgency, right? Because, you know, we talked about it with guys like Roman Penn and Garrett Sturtz and D.J. Wilkins, Darnell Brody. They've played so many minutes in their careers. They've had so much success that sometimes after you build the lead, you start to relax a little. Yeah. And and the way this Drake team is, they don't get enough consistent contribution out of their bench, even though Sadar Calhoun and his 11 points knocking down three threes were big against SIU. And so you need that starting group to keep the pace, keep the sense of urgency, keep the pressure on. And that that can be tough. And, I, and so I think part of what you saw is, we were talking about him before, Roman Penn stepping up and making big plays when they needed it on both ends. Uh, 21 points, eight assists for him. Those helpers creating shots for his teammates and his teammates being able to knock him down, especially from deep. That that really is what when you feel the other team go on a run, you're just looking for someone to make a play and to be able to main that maintain that consistent effort. And boy, you, you look at that 23 point victory. That's a that's a pretty resounding mm. check. Check that box. Yes, for for Drake.
3: As we look forward towards Arch Madness and the new, obviously, league with the 12 teams, it's going to be different, get some extra games in that opening day, the way that it sets up. For the teams, though, that know the only chance of getting in, you got to go down there and win it. And Before your senior season, you guys certainly had that, knowing the only way to get to the tournament was to win it all. Well, with maybe every team going down there, 12 teams that maybe have that same thought process, depending on what happens with Drake here the rest of the way, what's that like, knowing that... And especially for those seniors, this very well could be your final game out there every time you take the hardwood.
2: Well, I, I think that's exactly, Trent, what you're seeing out of this group that's helped lead to this seven-game winning streak, is knowing that every game is a little bit do or die. And, and part of that is, with how bunched the standings have been, you lose one or two games that you shouldn't lose, and now all of a sudden you're a Thursday team and not a Friday team. Now that there's mm-hmm. eight teams playing on Thursday, you want to make sure that you're one of those One of the teams in the in the top four, and when you look at it, there's five teams now either in first place or within a game of first place. So even still, losing one game can punch you to that Thursday game. So you want to maximize your opportunity and maximize your chance. And you know, I I expect to see a lot of desperation, and I mean desperation in the in the best sense of the word. When we get to Arch Madness, there's no reason that at least seven or eight teams are going to go into that tournament thinking. All we have to do is put it together. We've shown mm-hmm. we can do it. Now is our time. And so I, I think the, the cool thing about Arch Madness this year, the thing I'm most looking forward to, Thursday went from a kind of a past day it where was. a few teams yep. show up to now there's going to be eight teams playing. Yep. And so fan bases are going to converge on St. Louis earlier. I think the 12-team league is going to make St. Louis a heck of a lot more fun.
1: No, you're 100% right because it was. There's a six o'clock and an 8:30 game on that Thursday night. There's nobody in the building, fan-wise. You know, people are just getting to town. It's kind of a sleepy day, but it's going to be totally different um, Thursday. Um, to refresh my memory. Is it junior? Did you guys play on Thursday?
2: Uh, my first three years, we played Thursday night, and boy, I tell you what, getting the uh, getting the opportunity to go and watch that game instead of having to be a participant <laughs> right. was, uh, was pretty sweet justice my last year.
1: So do you guys actually came over and watched on, on Thursday night prior to your Friday noon tip-off?
2: Yep, because we were the one seed, right. we went and watched the, uh, the first half of that uh, gotcha. that 8-9 game that it was at the time, just to get a sense of who we were playing and re-go over the scouting report and all that kind of stuff. So it was uh, much more fun to be there as a fan than it was as a player, I'll tell you that.
1: Uh, has Tucker DeVries reasserted himself now as the, uh, as, as the player, as the Larry Bird favorite at this point?
2: You know, I, I have to assume yes, especially because of where Jer- Drake sits in the standings mm-hmm. right now. Because both Southern Illinois and Belmont are at 11-5, and five, Drake is at 12-4, and four, mm-hmm. I think there's still some hope for either Shepherd. Ben Shepherd at Belmont or Marcus Damask at Southern Illinois. But uh, I think just like he was at the start of the year when he was voted preseason player of the year, I think Tucker DeVries is the odds-on favorite at this point. Uh,
1: DeVries had a hell of a plan for Damask and, um, and his staff. Uh, they had a hell of a scout on Damask. He did not uh, play nearly as, as well as he is capable on Saturday at the Knapp Center.
2: Yeah. And, and, well, first of all, Marcus Damask is a cold-blooded offensive. Just, he's got all the skills you need. He's top five in assists. He's a guy that can rebound the ball. He can score it. But like you mentioned, Ken, throwing double teams at yep. him anytime he put the ball down, trying to get the ball out of his hands as quick as possible. It did disrupt the Saluki offense. Damask, only one of eight from the floor had a mm. tough time getting on track.
1: Indeed, he did. Adam, you're on the call. Who's doing the play-by-play tomorrow?
2: Brad Wells, me and Brad Wells again to uh, to work together again should be fun.
1: And that's an ESPN Plus, correct? I
2: Think. Ooh, or maybe, You know what? Tough question. It's want, the NBC man, game. Remember. It'll be. It's uh, the fine. NBC game yeah. of the week. Good. Good. Uh, yeah, i i think it's i think it's a i think it's a ballet sports broadcast. Awesome,
1: awesome. So we'll get that on six seventy one again. Which the last time we, play, we saw you and Brad Wells, I think, together for uh, maybe it was that you and I game. Good stuff, Adam. Thank you for doing this. As always, we'll speak with you next week. We'll hear you with Heather and Sean on Thursday on the KXNO Drive. Thanks, Adam Emmenecker.
2: Yep, appreciate it. Thanks,
1: guys. Yep, good to talk to you, Adam Emmenecker, as we go inside Drake and inside the Valley. Doco Pizza, in the heart of the Drake neighborhood, Serve not only the best pizza in the Metro, but salads, wings, sandwiches, and a great selection of craft beers. Yes, they got a whole bunch of stuff on that menu. A uh, really good spot. Doco Pizza, speaking from experience, uh, I'm a big fan. We'll take a timeout. We'll come back.
3: 671. Just looked 671. at the TV yeah. guide, and there it is. 8 o'clock, and while we're there, we're going to hit record,
1: get it set up. Just to- At what time? Do, do the clones play at what time? Are they early tomorrow? They're probably the same time. That's a good question. I think they're probably the same time. Because that's an ESPNU it's, broadcast uh, against TCU. Is it? Also 8 o'clock. Also 8 o'clock. Oh, you can't no. have everything. Well, you flip back and forth. That's you why you got that little uh, button in front of you, right? It's not like you're watching it on a stream. and you have to, uh,
3: Not it's... like the old days where Dad would hit you in the side of the head with
1: the newspaper, go change the channel. <laughs> yeah. Got a by, clicker. By the way, one of the commercials that did stick out from Super Bowl Sunday was YouTube. Direct DirecTV. Oh, yeah? Uh, Sunday Ticket, or oh. not DirecTV, Sunday Ticket, and YouTube announcing the fact that they have acquired the rights to the broadcast. And it's going to be customizable. So you What know, does that, that mean?
3: Well, that screen that they have like six games on, remember mm-hmm. they had that in the past, yep. it was a 704 maybe, whatever it was. Yep. Well, you couldn't pick what games were up there. So sometimes if it was oh, a heavy it's just slate. just what they
1: wanted to feed you.
3: And there was so much wasted space as well. From what I have read, it will be four screens... That'll each take up a quarter. It's not uh-huh. going to have a bunch of fluff around it, too. And you can choose. You could have a four screener. Or if you want to have a two screener, and you can do that on your own. That it makes my nice. head hurt
1: trying to watch those things. Honest to God, it's, it's tough. It's a lot. It's it a lot. is. Um, anyways, well, uh, yeah, YouTube was part of the broadcast. And something else. Tubi? Tubi. That's the Fox streaming service. Is that what it is? Yeah. They had a good one? They had a bunch of commercials. Oh. They had a bunch of commercials. So, so Tubi is like their YouTube? That is, yeah, that's going to be, well... Do I sound 64 today? I kind of do in this segment right I, at the end here, don't I? Do yeah. I
3: score some 42? Because I'm a little bit off here, too. <laughs> no, you sound 62. Tubi <laughs> is, yeah, their streaming service. ESPN has ESPN+. Plus. Uh-huh. Fox
1: has Tubi. Gotcha. You know one other commercial? CBS I,
3: has Paramount. R-
1: yes, and NBC. Peacock is NBC. Is Tubi is foxes. There was a Bush beer commercial. There Bush is a had, Bush had one. Bush beer had a commercial. Co- commercial. Well, did you, did you know? And I think we talked about it. This maybe it was after the Super Bowl last year. That this was the first year in like thirty years that Budweiser didn't have an exclusivity on beer. That's right. I mean, how much? Whoever negotiated that contract deserved a huge raise. Absolutely. I mean, what, you're the lone beer sponsor on the Super Bowl for. Say 20 years. I don't know what it was exactly. Tastes great, less feeling? Uh, no, you're out. Um, but, so I want to get this right. Do, do, do you see the Sarah McLaughlin um, PSA? The animal. Yes. With the sad music. Yes.
3: And all these animals yes. are dying. It's a
1: terrible, it gets you. Yeah. So mission accomplished there. But she's part of it with the sad music. Oh, okay, it's really it was. I thought you know what they kind of pulled this off because I didn't know which way it was going. I thought uh-huh. I thought all of a sudden two commercials were playing at the same time, but they kind of, I think made it work. All right. Well, I got watch it right that here. one. Yes. Can you play it? Ah, uh,
3: yes, I believe so. Is a thirty-second commercial? Yeah,
1: I don't think it's been any longer than that. All right. Let's see. It's here. the Bush beer guy just started. Then all of a sudden it takes a turn.
3: It's not it's not low enough for me. All right, I'll look during the break though, and we'll see if we can get a
1: little uh, Matt Poston's will join us when we come back. However, it is time now for another thousand dollar slam dunk. Go to kxno.com. Enter this nationwide contest by inserting the keyword "pay" in the pop up box at kxno.com. Pay at kxno.com. Your chance to win a thousand dollars. Uh, your next chance to win, oh, you got chances all afternoon. Win the 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock, 3 o'clock, 4 o'clock, and 5 o'clock afternoon drive with Heather and Sean have you covered. Likewise, Murph and Andy. Miller and Condon, 1225 Des Moines Sports Station, 106. I Heart Radio app now.
0: Get in on the action with the world's largest sportsbook. Right at your fingertips. Circa Sports Iowa is where the pros play. Enjoy the highest limits, lowest takeouts, and competitive betting menus. Download, fund, and bet from anywhere in Iowa. Circa Sports Iowa. Sports betting the way it should be. Download your new bookie today. Visit CircaSports.com. Must be over 21 and present in Iowa to bet. Have a gambling problem? Called-
3: if you own a house, you've got a huge asset and everyone's looking at it. With Wall Street investors buying up homes in Des Moines and renting them out like never before, you have to wonder, what do they see in your big asset that you don't? The truth is, if you sell your home instead of renting it, you can kiss your asset goodbye. Especially with today's higher interest rates, the best way to save your asset is to rent it out instead. Does renting make your asset look big? Yes, it does. Especially when you hire the professional landlords at Renner's Warehouse. DIYing your property management is a total pain in your asset but with renters warehouse you never have to find tenants collect rent or handle pesky maintenance calls again don't lose your asset and stop busting your asset trying to manage it yourself go to RentersWarehouse.com to book your free home rental price analysis today or call 515-528-4429 renters warehouse you can't buy happiness
2: 693
0: now back to Middle and Condon. On 106.3 KXNL, here's Ken and Trent.
1: Miller and Condon, welcome back. to Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Trent Condon, Ken Miller with you until 1. Murph and Andy after us. Heather and Sean, the KXO drive after them right now. Matt Postons. You're liking the REO over there. I like that too, and that's a great yeah. bump, Trent Condon. Good, good one. Keep that one in mind like the last day on like Thursday. We yeah. wind down uh-huh. a little bit. You can see your partner kind of drew it on and off. Hello, Matt Poston, Trent and Ken. How are you? Hey, I'm good,
4: guys. How
1: are you? Doing well. Appreciate you coming on. I read the – it wasn't yours. It was your colleague Derek Duke's piece uh, at Heartland College Sports, and I couldn't agree with him anymore. I really couldn't. It seems like the Pac-12 – um, the, with the statement that came out yesterday, I thought the timing, I thought it was just weird. Why would you do that? I, I'm assuming that it's, maybe it's pressure from the uh, presidents, the ADs at their respective schools, wondering if George Kliakoff is, you know, he's awake or whatever. Uh, but it sure seems as the Pac-12 at least, obviously it could change, but it, it seems like, boy, oh boy, they're on thin ice. Is that crazy to say, Matt?
4: I don't think it's crazy to say. I mean, that, that statement didn't seem as if it was prompted by anything external that I'm aware of. Um, it, it really was kind of out of the blue. And yeah, I think there's, I think there's several things that are happening right now. You know, if you read the athletic piece last week, we, we wrote about it as well. You know, it sounds like, uh, the commissioner there really oversold them on how much he could get them on the open television market. Now he could still get more money out of say a streaming service. Uh, to get them to overpay. Think about Fox in the 90s when they overpaid to get in the NFL space, and that worked out well for them and worked out well for the NFL. He could probably convince somebody to do that, but that means you're probably going to have to put most of your inventory on uh, a streaming service, which I think is going to drive down their ratings considerably. The thing that really is kind of driving me nuts is they've been very clear, we're going to get the TV deal done first, then we're going to get expansion done. Yeah. You can't do it that way. You you've added right. no value to your conference by not expanding to this point. So you're basically negotiating with all these entities with ten teams. You've got to expand or at least be showing who your expansion candidates are. You know, in in reality. I mean, I know we've talked about it's been baited about San Diego State and SMU. He was at SMU last week. That's not reality. That's just him going around. I think just. Maybe, perhaps, showing off to the membership and saying, "Hey, I'm out there. I'm beating the bushes. I'm trying to find us new memberships." Should have been doing that six months ago because you can't get a new TV deal for maximum value if you don't add more members. Period. That's been the biggest problem this whole entire time. They should have been doing those two things concurrently. And I think if they, if they had done those two things concurrently, they would be in better shape right now.
3: Are you a proponent of going to 16, adding the four corner schools, Utah, the Arizona schools, and Colorado? or would you like to see it stay at 12? Personally, not money, nothing, that anything to do with that, just for your own enjoyment of Big 12 sports. What do you prefer?
1: Ten. <laughs> <laughs>
4: That's you, Ken. We yeah. know that. <laughs> Ten for basketball. Yep. Ten for football. Yep. <laughs> um, you, know, you know, I actually wrote about this on Sunday, and, and I feel like they're going to expand. I feel like they're going to go to at least 16. I think Gonzaga's definitely on the table, and I think part of the reason... I'm not as worried about them swelling out to 16 or even 18 or even 20 members is because if you think about the big East, they were expanding to solve a problem. They were trying to solve the football problem for Syracuse and Pitt and Boston college back in the day. And it just became too unwieldy. This conference wouldn't be expanding to solve a problem. They would be expanding to maximize revenue, to create a national conference as Brett Yarmark has put it and to, you know, generate more revenue for the membership to me. Honestly, if you ask me expand to 18 for football and 20 for basketball. Have two 9 team divisions for football, that way everybody plays everybody in their division once. Mm-hmm. Then you have a championship game. You have 20 for basketball, play a single round robin where everybody plays everybody once and you go to a different place every 2 years and you're set. Even numbers, schedule works, revenue works. Oh and you've only got a couple of schools playing by different rules and i think the big 12 could manage that. So yeah, for me it's 18 for football, 20 for basketball. Give mm. me that.
1: Yeah, you know what? That uh, that's certainly um, a talker. I, I I like it on the <laughs> surface. I hadn't heard of that before. Uh but it's just you know what it you know what I'm I'm appreciating um I'm appreciating that we're having the conversation with, with seemingly the Big 12 in a position of strength, right? Because we've seen the opposite. Mm-hmm. We've seen the opposite, yeah. and I lived through those days on the radio, and I felt so bad for the Cyclone audience that, uh, you know, half the audience listened to our show. I remember going home one down Friday thinking, oh, my God, you know, we come back to work on Monday, and we have no idea what's going to be left of the Big Twelve. Um, but now it's completely different, so we'll see. Uh, let's uh, let's talk about the conference overall. You had the recap of the two games last night. Another night in the Big Twelve. We'll get to Lubbock in in, in a second, but I want to start with the Baylor game. With you, man, it looks to me. And I've got to. I mean, I'm sure I'll change. Maybe as soon as tomorrow, The Baylor right now looks as though they're playing as well as anybody in the conference. I know they've worked their way up to. I think they're tied for first, so it's not that much of a stretch to say they are the best team. But they really they they look like it now, Matt. Maybe have for the last week or so.
4: Yeah, I think the. I think what's really happened for them in terms of the perimeter. I think you could make a case a month ago that their guards weren't totally clicking right at that point in time. But now I think, you know, if it's not Keontae George having a big game, it's Adam Flagler scoring 16 straight against TCU. Adam Flagler kind of took a backseat to LJ Cryer last night who had eight three-pointers, and George only scored six points in that game. So all three of them, they're kind of taking turns being the, the lead dog, so to speak. But the other two guys are contributing. Yeah, George only scored six points last night, but he had eight rebounds and right. three assists. So he gave them something. Langston loves giving them stuff off the bench. Dale Bonner's giving them stuff off the bench. I think in terms of, you know, your three starting guards in college basketball, I'm not sure you could find a better trio than those three right now. Uh, the way they're playing, the way they're hitting from three, uh, it is a bit of a boom or bust proposition because you're not getting a ton of offense out of your inside guys, but When they're clicking, when they're on, they're darn near impossible to deal with right now. What can JTT
3: still give them the rest of the year? As he's working his way back, he's been playing over 20 minutes down the last couple of times out. what, What still is in there? What can be unlocked here over the next month?
4: Well, I mean, he had 11 last night against West Virginia, mm-hmm. so I think you're already starting to see it. I'm I'm amazed that he's been able to get to 20 minutes of the game as quickly yeah, as he's able to. He's not, in, he's not in 100% basketball shape. That's pretty clear. But Scott Drew's using him very judiciously, using him in short spurts. And the great thing about him is you don't have to create anything for him. Everything he gets, points, rebounds, assists, what have you, he gets that just by being on the floor and playing the way he wants to play. Um, he's a legit above average inside defender if he gets points it's off the it's off the rebound or it's off you know uh transition uh you just kind of wind him up and let him go and i think you're you're already seeing what he can give them and and because you can get back to that rotation of him and flow back and forth, it frees up Jalen bridges and it frees up caleb Lohner to be. More of those stretch three, stretch four players that they're really supposed to be, and it really opens up a lot more possibilities to them, especially from an offensive standpoint moving forward.
1: Uh, let's uh, let's talk about Iowa State. All of a sudden, they've lost six and nine. Uh, you know what? Somebody told me that yesterday or, or over the weekend, uh, and I, I, I didn't realize it. I think maybe it was the wins over Kansas and K-State that you know changed my perception of the teams playing very well right now. Well, they've lost 6-9. That's, um, that, that's not a team that seems to be headed in the right direction. What do you think's behind? Is it fatigue? This is a physical basketball team with not a real deep bench. Uh, Jazz Koontz was out for a long time. He's back now. Uh, So they got him back in the lineup. But what's behind this kind of swoon for Iowa State?
4: Well, there's something to the whole physicality of this conference. I mean, you know, Fran Fran Vershulis says every night's a rock fight. He's right. I mean, it's Mm -hmm. just, it's you know, tough physically, tough mentally. Uh, I think it's part of the reason why, you know, K-State's in a bit of a swoon, too. You know, Mm -hmm. it's a very tough conference mentally. I think for Iowa State, you know, they're, they're built kind of like Baylor in that when their guards are on, they're really hard to beat. And that's really not quite the team I expected coming into the season. I thought they'd be a little bit more inside driven with Oshuni and, and Jones. But they're really built around their perimeter guys and then you know, throw in Taman Lipsy as well, who's not a great three point shooter, but he's a right. really good facilitator and can slash well to the hoops. So, you know, I think you know, if you look at their shooting overall the past few weeks, their perimeter shooting hasn't quite been there. It's been there in spurts. I mean, they beat Kansas. Uh, they're beating high quality teams, but they're struggling a bit against, you know, losing to teams like Texas Tech and other teams who are unranked, you know, losing to Oklahoma State at home over the weekend. I think it's one of those situations where they're a little ground down like everybody else is in the conference. And when their perimeter shooting isn't on, they're having trouble beating teams.
3: So it's TCU next for Iowa State, and of course the Mike yep. Miles question is out there. If you got anything on that front, they're just a different team without him out there. They lost four out of five uh, since he got injured that Mississippi State game. Lampkin came back, then didn't mm-hmm. play against Baylor. So it's the yin and yang going on with him health wise. Where's this TCU team filling the Cyclone fans out there as they're waiting for the Horn Frogs?
4: Yeah, I don't know about Miles yet. We'll probably learn more about him tomorrow. Um, I think Dixon may speak to the media today, but I mean they're they're. Clearly a different team without Miles on the floor. It's not so much that they're not talented. It's not so much that they can't generate offense. I mean, they had a a near double-digit lead on Baylor at one point on Saturday. Mm -hmm. It's just they don't have anybody that can close. You know, Damian Ball is a great player. Emmanuel Miller is a great player. Uh, they got several guys on that team that can create their own offense, but there's nobody on that team that can close at the end of the game quite like Mike Miles, and that's what they miss the most. I think that if they had Miles on the floor on Saturday, I think they would have beaten Baylor. And that's the difference between them being a good team and being a great team, being a team that could, you know, have a good first week in the NCAA tournament and getting to the second weekend of the NCAA tournament. They just dropped to a sixth seed in bracketology over this three-game losing streak. And Jamie Dixon told us in October, you know, the, the thing for us is we want to go from being an eight or a nine and having to play a one in the second round to being a four or a five and having a better matchup in the second round. That's going to be the difference between them getting to the first weekend and getting through that first weekend and getting to the second weekend of the tournament.
1: Uh, what did you make uh, watching Texas-Texas uh, Tech last night? Obviously, they, they played very close when the game was in Austin, if I recall. Uh, last night's game, um, eh, Texas kind of hung around a little bit, Made, a, but Obana was really good in the game, and uh, uh, Harmon was really good in the game, to no surprise. What did you make of that last night? Is, is, is Texas Tech, I mean, their arrow's pointing up. I'm just not sure if they can if there's enough schedule left for them to hear their name on Selection Sunday.
4: Yeah, I mean, they're a really interesting team now because they have three league wins, and all three of their wins are against top 15 AP teams at home. And, you know, the second half of that game was really interesting to watch because you could start to see them playing through Fardow's Amac at the top of the key mm-hmm. and using him as a distributor. And you, I could just start to see little pieces of, wow, this guy had been healthy the whole year. Yep. This would be a completely different basketball team. This would be a completely different conversation. That said, there are fourteen wins. they got five games left. If they could win three of their last five and go to Kansas City with seventeen wins and you know get to the big twelve championship game, mm-hmm. you know having to play that one of those first two games on on Wednesday, they'd have twenty wins going into the big twelve title game. I think that would be a really interesting conversation for the committee because two teams from the big twelve have gotten in. With seven conference wins. Iowa State did it last year. Oklahoma did it a few years ago. But nobody in the last five non COVID years has done six league wins. I'm not discounting the fact that Tech couldn't win four of their last five or even five of their last five, but there's a pathway there for, the, for them to make the committee's conversation very difficult about them in mid March. You know, right now, I think as long as they have a winning record, they're in the NIT. How they do the next five, six, seven, eight games when they get to Kansas City, that's going to be Mm different between whether that can make the decision really difficult for the committee or not. I think there's a pathway there, but it's a very narrow path, and there's no margin for error for them at this point.
1: Matt Poston's Heartland College Sports, heartlandcollegesports.com, for you big 12 fans out there. You know, we, we let you go thinking, well, we'll talk to you in a couple of weeks, but as good as this conference right. is, All Matt Poston. Nice Indeed. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm guessing that uh, you can probably count on that. Uh, we certainly appreciate the relationship, Matt Poston. Thanks for doing this for us. All right, no problem, guys. Thank you. Matt Poston's Heartland College Sports as we catch up on the Big 12. Uh, Time out. Trent's Plays of the Day. Circus Sports sponsors. See if he's a little rusty coming off the break. They do any homework? We'll find out uh, when we come back with this Plays of the Day. Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3. Come together.
0: Get in with the world's largest sports book. Right at your fingertips. Circa Sports Iowa is where the pros play. Enjoy the highest limits, lowest takeouts, and competitive betting menus. Download, fund, and bet from anywhere in Iowa. Circa Sports Iowa. Sports betting the way it should be. Download your new bookie today. Visit circasports.com. Must be over 21 and present in Iowa to bet. Have a gambling problem? Call 1-800- Heart radio app now. Trent's pick of the day is brought to you by Circus Sports. Download the Circus Sports app today to play with Trent or against him.
1: All right, final couple of minutes here on a Tuesday. Murph and Andy coming right up. will Drive, Heather and Sean, 3-6. to six. Trent's plays of the day. Going to ease your way back into it or full speed ahead? Uh, well, I was dipping my toe
3: in. I had two before the show began. We're up to five. Uh-huh. By tip off tonight, there will probably be even more than that. But right now, this is what we have for you. we kick things off with two games in the SEC. Two favorites that I like here tonight. Game one, Auburn laying six and a half at home against Missouri. Tigers have been a completely different team away from home. Auburn had the loss to Alabama. I liked them over the weekend. Didn't get it done against the Crimson Tide. Also going to play the dog. He's Georgia minus four at home against LSU. Big 12. Give me both Oklahoma schools, slight dogs in each of them, getting one and a half with Oklahoma at home against K-State. And give me the cowpokes against Kansas, plus one and a half. And late night, Tim Miles and the Spartans of San Jose State. They're getting seven and a half at Thomas and Mack against
1: UNLV. All right, good stuff, and good to have you back. Oh, it's been great. Uh, happy Valentine's Day to all of the those who celebrate. <laughs> Do you in the Miller household? No, we don't anymore. <laughs> Miller and Condon, thanks for being with us. Weekdays, 11 to 1, Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KM.